Thank you, Doug. Yes. Oh, dear. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's great to be here this morning. Uh, the first thing uh, I'm going to do is just say that I am, like many of our faculty men here, one of the luckiest guys on earth to have married the right person. And uh, my, my wife... We're almost uh, gonna, we're gonna celebrate this uh, summer our 40th anniversary. We're excited about that. But, uh, but she has uh, been an educator in public schools and a great mom and uh, she's been over 20 years actually faculty here and now serves as instructional development uh, chair. But that's my wife, Gerilyn, she's sitting right over there. Yeah, so I just wanted to say how much I love her, and we have two boys. One of them came here as an alum of this school, Chris and Alan. Alan came to school here. Part of our Dean series is to talk a little bit about uh, our colleges. So I'm going to start off uh, who we are and what I wish that you knew. I, you might, uh, it might change your life. Who knows? Could. All right. So if you want to, um, yeah, we're College of Fine Arts, also known as COFA. And uh, can we get the mission statement up there? Yeah. Yeah, so we, uh, we have a mission vision statement, like all of our colleges. And we uh, exist to develop passionate spiritual leaders who, through skillful and creative use of their art, will impact the world for Christ. I mean, there really aren't many bad mission statements or vision statements. It's just, do we follow them, right? And I just want to say this, regardless of your major today, the word that I love the best in our mission statement is passionate. And I just pray that the same passion that brought you here to the program that you've chosen, do not get beaten down. Don't forget about it. Have that passion. If you don't have it today, find it tonight for tomorrow and do your best because God does not need any more mediocrity in the kingdom. He needs us to be passionate so that we can become skillful and creative so that we can truly impact the world for Christ. Man, I haven't started preaching yet, but who knew? All right, so this is something else you might not know. We have two schools. We have a school of music theater and a school of worship arts with a lot of majors. A lot of times people think the only thing we do at North Central is worship because you see it every day. Our students are doing that. We have students all over the world leading worship in churches, but we got students doing all these other things and making an impact for Christ. Now, what you might not also know is that all of you, regardless of your major, you are encouraged, welcome to participate. Take a look at all the things that you could participate in. Drama productions. There's plays, musicals, worship live. It's not always all music students. The, the students that lead you in worship, you can come from any. They are auditioned, chorale, tours all over the world, women's chorus, a festival choir that you don't even need to audition for. Anybody can join in. Worship choir, new with Ellington Porter this year. I'd love to see some of you people who have sung, passionate worshipers, jump in. It's just one 
time a week. We have a string ensemble that's slowly becoming a chamber orchestra. Some of you might want to be part of that. And for over 10 years now, we have had a program that you might not even know about where we are bringing inner city kids in and teaching them music lessons. They're just beginning piano or guitar or some drums and doing a little choir with them. It's called WOVEN. It stands for With One Voice Energizing Neighborhoods. And much like my friend, Dr. Livengood, we, just, we have a passion for reaching the communities around North Central, and this is one way to do it. You do not have to be a music major to be a mentor. All you've had probably need to probably have is a few years of piano in your background. This will be interesting. How many have at least taken one year of piano lessons in their life? Hello. We should be growing the College of Fine Arts today. All right. Um, the next thing I'd like you to know Every, uh, an elective class I wish everyone would consider taking. It's called Theology of Christian Worship. It's offered by Dr. Zarletti. Why would I want you to do that? Well, here's the thing. We are humans. We all have opinions. All of you have an opinion about, well, just about everything, but a lot of people have opinions about music and worship, whether you know anything about it or not you still say, I like that. Ooh, cool voice. Ooh, love those licks in the guitar. Wow. Please don't be the next generation of leaders in churches, whether you're on the pastoral staff or lay leaders and board members, that that's all they know about the theology of worship. You have a great opportunity to grow and learn and make a difference. So that's what I wish you would take. And finally, the last thing I'd like you to know is that you, no matter what your major, are welcome to take private lessons. You can, a lot of you did music growing up. This would be an interesting thing. How many sang in a choir or played in band in high school? Why are we not, why do we not have more majors? I have no idea. No, you guys are awesome. But you can participate. It did not have to stop at high school. All these things that we do are not just for music majors, but it's a co-curricular activity for everyone. You can take voice lessons, piano lessons, keyboard, drums, guitar, bass guitar. We have band orchestral instrument lessons. All of you can take lessons and grow in your music skills if you so choose. And guess what? It's for credit. You have 16 credits and you'd like to take 17. Really doesn't cost you too much more. And a lot of you come to our building sometimes and say, hey, can I get in a practice room? Or can I play on the drums? Or can I get in a room and practice with a band or something? If you take lessons, it gives you automatic access to the practice room. So think about that when you're signing up for classes. Well, another thing, and I didn't put it up on the... Um, the board, but we have about eight full-time and 22 adjunct teachers. There are 400 private lessons going on every week in the Mensing building. And I thought as a way to get into what I'd like to share with you today, I actually brought some of our adjunct teachers here to chapel to help me out with the text that I'd like to share as part of my message. I'm going to do a little Bible reading, of course. I have some things to share from the Word of God, but I have something to share from a song I'd like to sing from you. So Pete Chu's on keys, Ken Wilson's on, Ken Wilson's on this uh, fine guitar, steel guitar, Justin Rican on bass, and Aaron Johnson on drums. Can you welcome them?
Now, my good friend uh, Buzz Brookman, he, um, he spoke from Dr. Zeus. So today, um, I am going to speak uh, from Tim McGraw. And uh, this is the first and only country song I have ever sung. So for all of you, um, if you like this style of music, this is for you. But listen to these uh, incredible words whenever you guys are ready. Oh, we're almost ready. So this song is called Live Like You Were Dying. He said, I was in my early 40s with a lot of life before me when a moment came that stopped me on a dime. I spent most of the next days looking at the x-rays, talking about the options and talking about sweet time. I asked him when it's sinking if this might really be the real end. How's it hit you when you get that kind of news? Man, what you do? And he said, well, I went skydiving. I went Rocky Mountain climbing. I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I love deeper and I spoke sweeter and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying. And it said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. Come on now. He said I was finally the husband The most of time I wasn't And I became a friend A friend would like to have And all of a sudden going fishing Wasn't such an imposition And I went three times that year I lost my dad Well, I, I finally read the good book And I Took a good long hard look at what I'd do if I could do it all again. And then, well, I went skydiving, I went Rocky Mountain climbing, I went 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu, and I loved deeper and I spoke sweeter and I gave forgiveness I'd been denying and he said someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying like tomorrow was a gift and you got eternity to think about what you do with it 
What could you do with it? What would I do with it? What could I do with it? Skydiving, I went. Rocky Mountain climbing, I went. 2.7 seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. And I love deeper, and I spoke sweeter, and I watched an eagle as it was flying. And he said, someday I hope you get the chance to live like you were dying. To live like you were dying. To live like you were dying. Come on. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This is how the real world of music works. We played this song for the very first time around 10.30 this morning. So you could take lessons from these folks. They're really good. One time through and hello. That was fun. Well, I love that song for uh, a lot of reasons. Um, hey, I just want to say to uh, Doug was praying, you know, not to get discouraged, you know, wherever you're at. And, and uh, I, you don't need to raise your hand, but I just want to say that for all of you that you're the first people that went to college in your family, that was me too. You know, and then there's a whole bunch of you too, I know, that uh, your parents just, it, they, it just didn't work out. They got divorced. And some of you are both like me, first gen to college, not too much parental support. Uh, I, this is not what I want to share a lot about today, but I can tell you that uh, my dad managed to get an, another woman pregnant, have another baby. He, uh, my wife, I mean my wife, my mom, really just lost it and kind of went back into her big Italian family. And uh, my dad just said, I turned 18. He said, hey, son, I did the best I could. Thanks. Uh, do, do the best you can. And um, I had nowhere to live. I actually found a, uh, a shack in the, in the woods, literally, from a friend's house. And I was singing in a band. And uh, that's where I lived. Ended up back with my grandma for a little bit. Uh, to make a long story short, I'm blessed with good hand-eye coordination, and I hate to lose. I won a couple thousand dollars shooting pool, and I took that money. I was bored, and I decided to try college. And that's how I got to college. Yeah. I mean, I should have never gone to college. I had no support. I had nobody saying, you should go to college. I had a whole other career lined up. Uh, had nothing to do with education. And I just, uh, so I just want to say to you, sometimes it seems hard. Sometimes you don't think there's a lot of support. But man, there's a God that loves you. And in my journey, and the reason I sang this song, and it has a couple lines I just want to share about today with you. But in my journey, man, 
I got that kind of news. I was like, I was like Tim McGraw's dad, Tug McGraw. Like life was great. Life couldn't be better. I was already had been at North Central almost 20 years. We are touring around the world. We're making worship recordings. We're doing stuff no one had done yet at that time. It was exciting time here at North Central. And I go for a doctor's checkup and I have this kind of a lump in my leg and you know I'm like 40 and the guy says well you know men your age they get these little fatty tissue tumors don't worry about it. you're really in good shape I said okay playing in a basketball tournament come back I said you know this thing is bugging me I'm going back into that doctor I want them to take that out they take it out and I get that call says you better come back in I had a cancer so rare that my wife can tell you that they actually took out the medical book to read about it, about six cases. But basically, I had lung cancer in my leg. I now can joke and say, you know, never get anything right. Uh, it's like, what the, you know, but lung cancer, what? How did I get that? And so here's the thing. When you, have, when you have a cancer like that in your leg, it can spread. Here's the Here's the thing, it's in your leg. It, it doesn't affect any vital organs. If it spreads, there's no cure. So for one year, it happened to be the only sabbatical I took as I finished out my doctoral program courses. Every month, I went to the University of Iowa Hospital to find out if I was going to live or die for 12 months. Just had to go in, get a check. Yep, everything's looking good. Keep doing what you're doing. All right? So you just never know about the, the journey and what's going to happen. And I can tell you that that time, we look back, don't we, Jerilyn, and look back and say, man, that was one of the best years of our life. It changed us, and it, it profoundly changed me. Look, anybody that knows me knows that I'm a definite type A personality. I'm always going for it. I want to win. I don't like to lose. I try to be the best at everything I do. I just go, go, go. And honestly, I didn't become a Christian until my junior year of college. And up until that point, and a little bit after, until I learned more about the kingdom, I just plowed right over anybody in my way. If you weren't with me, you were against me. I'm going. I'm going to make it. I got one chance, and I'm making it. I mean, I wanted to see my name up in somewhere in Broadway or somewhere. I wanted to make a ton of money. I wanted to show everybody who said I was going to be nothing, that I was going to die by the time I'm 21. I wanted to show them that I was going to be something. And even as a Christian, as I realized, you know, maybe I shouldn't be plowing people over so much, that I still had this desire. I was all about success. And when I came to North Central, we had six music majors and one very bad choir. One, and it was, it was just awful. And I was all about, I'm in, and we're going to make this a great music program. This is going to get better. And I strove for success. And we had success. I mean, a lot of cool things happened in that first 15 to 20 years that got us a lot of recognition. And then I got this cancer. And you know what I, I realized? Like, a, like that song said, I became a friend a friend would like to have. I, I mean, my, my whole thing changed. There's a great book I read in that same year called uh, Halftime. And the, the byline is it's from success 
to significance. And I remember sitting in a room alone with this humongous x-ray machine where I was getting this stuff in my leg so that the cancer wouldn't spread. And I would just remember just laying on that table saying to God, I want to live and I want to give. And I, I left that time much different than I went into it. I mean, I was trying to finish that doctorate and do all these things and get better and better and have more success. But I just started realizing that true success is, is not in what you do. True success is in who you are. True success in life, nobody, as you, I know you've heard this before, but nobody wants to put on their tombstone all the things they did. It's all about the people you interacted with. And this is such an amazing time for all of you, for relationship building. I mean, this is, I still look back and being in college as one of the greatest times of my life. And so when I think about relationships, I think of two kinds of relationships. First one's really easy. Have a great relationship with God. And you think about it, if you were, what if you knew the end of this semester, your time was up? What if you knew you had about seven months? It's the end. You know, of course, we'd all want to be close to family, but I'm sure every one of us would want to draw closer to God. And I think we understand that he is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is our faithfulness. He is, he is, he is, he is our victory. We know who he is. And the psalmist said in Psalm 13, he said, I will sing praises to God because he has been good to me. Has God been good to you? And so sometimes, you know, we just let the circumstances of life just beat us down. But if we could look at the big picture, if we thought, oh, I only have this much to live, would we be discouraged or would we be encouraged with the relationship of our Almighty God and His Son that came to set us free? Do you want to spend three, four days moping around? Or do we want to walk in the victory of who Christ Jesus is? And then secondly, the kind of relationship is that that kind of friend relationship. How do we relate to one another? Several of the deans, Desiree being one of them, talked about relationships. I'm going to try to get in three things here that I think would be really important for you. If you were living like you were dying and you knew your time was up, I'll tell you one of the things that I think you'd want to do and that I'd like to encourage you to do, even though I really, really hope nobody passes here in seven months. And the first one is forgive one another. Forgive one another. One of the greatest things we can do and perhaps the hardest thing we will ever do is to forgive one another. But that's what Jesus did. I'll tell you one other story from my own life. I, I became a Christian junior year of college. Two years later, I was at my wife's church. That's how we met. It's an Assembly of God church in Pennsylvania. I'm the music director. In my short six months, in my short six months as a music pastor, being, having been a Christian for almost two years, 
I decided the pastor who I was serving under really didn't know anything. And he was driving me crazy. And I just thought, forget it. I'm quitting. I'm, I'm, this is crazy. And then I heard someone speak that, you know, if you don't learn to forgive, you become just like the people that have hurt you. An incredible thing. And I decided that I would just start to give praise to God. So I went to the piano after the service on a Sunday night. That's when we had Sunday night church. And I started singing and singing praises to God. And I did it till 6 o'clock the next morning. Went to the pastor's house and said, I am an idiot. Could you please forgive me? But more importantly, I went to the altar crying. And I forgave my mom. And I forgave my dad. Because I did not want to become my dad. I did not want to become my mom. And when I forgave them, it was an amazing thing that I had a restored relationship with both of them. You need to learn how to forgive. Be kind to one another, Paul wrote in Ephesians 4. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then encourage one another. How many people get tired of people encouraging them? But you know, we're not good at it. It's just like, we're just, we don't, we're not that good at it. So I just want to say, therefore, as Paul said, encourage one another and build one another up. Just as you are doing so encouraging someone is really building up another person in the body of Christ, the church. Encourage one. Look for something good. You don't want to spend your last days on earth whining and complaining about people. You want to lift them up. And in be an encourager. And the last thing is to find people that you trust, that you can f- confess sins, that you can pray for one another. I'm not sure there's anything that we can do that's more important than that. James admonished us, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Listen to this, so that you might be healed. You know, I sometimes wonder what all that means, really. But I do believe this. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Forgive. Confront if you have to so that you can get to the place to forgive. Encourage. Pray. I have one more minute. Here's the thing. People often say to people like me, how in the world? 38 years, really? Are you kidding me? How did you do that? What is it? Okay? This is my big secret to life. One, I have the big picture. I know there's a God who is incredibly amazing. He sent his son Jesus to die for my sins, and in the end, no matter how my day is going... I have the victory. I win. I win in the end. And so do you. So I remember that, okay? I never forget that. And the big secret ingredient for me is no matter how bad I feel, no matter how upset I get, no matter how discouraged I might be, it doesn't last long because I have decided to live my life with a positive attitude. You want to have a great life? Seriously? I'm not talking... I'm just saying, you want to adopt something that can change your life? Remember 
who you serve. Remember who saved you. Remember that relationships are amazing. And then, of course, we're going to have bad days. But don't have a bad year. Don't have a bad month. Have a bad day and then remember who loves you. Remember who cares about you. Have a positive attitude and it will change your life. I've had a great life. I'm not really leaving today, so I'm going to hang around for a while. You know, I'm still here, but I've had a great life, and, and I pray the same for you. May God truly bless you. You're dismissed.